0: Hi, everybody. We want to thank our sponsor, Legion M. They are a wonderful company. We love working with them. You can go to their website, Legion M. They're also on all the various socials. They do really fun meetups. Uh, You can talk to directors. You can become a part of the projects they choose. They even have a program right now where you can help them find great movies to support. So go to their website to learn more. We also want to remind you that we have a Patreon that we call Maltreon. You can join us. We have $3, $5, $10, $20 options. You can get newsletters from my dad, uh, all kinds of neat stuff behind the scenes. Hang out with us. Learn about who our guests are before anybody else. And listen to the podcast before anybody else. Go to patreon.com slash maltononmovies for more information.
1: That's patreon.com slash Movies. Hi, everybody. I'm Leonard Malton, and
0: I'm Jesse
2: Malton. you're listening
1: to Malton on Movies. And our guest today is a wonderful, wonderful performer, and we're proud to say a friend, Fred Willard. Glad
3: to be here, Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you people I are, I wasn't quite sure of <laughs> No, it's a pleasure to be here. I have in my bookcase about three of your books, you know, thousand reviews of mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> and every once in a while I say, let's see what Leonard had to say about this one. Well, that's nice. That's very flattering. Yeah. Then he Thank threw you. the
0: book on the floor and said, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong every time.
3: Well,
1: Fred is somebody that uh, I think the word that comes to mind is ubiquitous. Yes. You're 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 everywhere. Oh. If, we, if we read off your credits, it would fill the hour, Fred. Oh. It really would. Uh, this is not, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke at you. I mean, this is just a fact. Uh, I was looking up today. I didn't know that you were in Guest Shots as far back as Get Smart. Get Smart and Bob Newhart and Laverne and Shirley. But the thing about you is that you were contemporary then and you're contemporary now. Oh. I mean, you've done everything from uh, old-school sitcoms to comedy bang-bang. Yes. And
3: you're on Jeff Ross's Yeah, you were just, uh, you were just uh, God. Historical you were God, God historical in the historical Yes. yes, yes, yes. Well, a, guess Smart, I wasn't quite uh, contemporary. Uh, my partner and I had a comedy act, a two-man comedy act, and we had a sketch we did that, that mm-hmm. everyone loved. It was a pantomime sketch. Mm-hmm. And someone had seen it, and they decided to, to hire us to play two young detectives... To demonstrate uh, to um, what's his name, Get Smart, the uh, 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 Don Adams. Can Don I? Adams, yeah. uh, whose brother was Dick Yarmy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that they now have a Yarmy's Army mm-hmm. that have a comedy thing ever since he passed away. But mm-hmm. anyway, we're supposed to demonstrate to Get Smart how to foil a bank robber, mm-hmm. uh, and we did it, and no one knew who we were. Um, And then we came in one day and my partner, we met at our agent's office. My partner says, we have an offer for a spinoff to do our own series. I said, oh, that's great. And he he said, but uh, our agent said no. He turned it down. He said, you're not getting these guys for $800, whatever we got paid for the show. (laughs) So his smart move was to uh, head off our starring in our own sitcom. (laughs) Good thing he was
1: there to help Oh, Oh, boy. We escaped
3: a bullet. (laughs) So we went back to working small clubs.
0: See, dreams come true. Yes.
1: That's it. Good grief. But you you started out, uh, uh, you're from Cleveland. Born and raised, yes. Shaker Heights. And you you really are uh, uh, an all-American Midwestern guy. You, You are the kind of person you depict so often. Uh-huh. You, you know, and and uh, the thing about you is that you, you you play, you play people who don't think they're funny, uh-huh. and certainly don't know they're funny. No, but they are. Uh-huh. And j- this is what Jimmy Kimmel has been doing with you, of late, just plugging you into any kind of role, for any kind of current issue, and, and you can do it. You played the ghost of George Washington one night. Yes, yes. You played Santa Claus one night. <laughs> uh uh Donald a, a, Trump's father Donald Trump's oh. father, Fred <laughs> Trump, yes. And uh anything they throw at you you can just you can just do and yeah. it, it's funny just your being there.
3: Yeah, well the, the the clue to me is to do it as seriously as you can. Right. Yes. Believe mm-hmm. th- th- that you're the person. Sure. It'd and, be it'd be easy to act goofy and make mm-hmm. a... F- mm-hmm. but I I try to believe in my character from his point of view. Mm-hmm very indignant if someone doesn't agree with me. <laughs> well, it works. Yeah. Well, that, that's why you're so good
0: stuff. in the Christopher Guest films.
1: Yes.
3: Because
0: that is, Christopher Guest, in a, in a nutshell, is it has to be serious. Yes. It has to be serious. Yes. The ridiculous things that you're doing and saying, what do you mean? It's not a joke. Yeah. These are their lives.
3: And all of his people are the same way. I did a movie that Eugene Levy wrote and directed. It was called Sodbusters. And the very first day on the set, he got us all together, and he gave us a pep talk, and he said, Now, I want you all to play this. Don't anybody try to be funny. Mm-hmm. Play this as if, as if it's a real thing. It was a takeoff on the movie Shane. Mm-hmm. You know, Come Back, Shane. Mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson was in it. Mm-hmm. Um and I had to explain to him sometimes on the set what was funny. <laughs> he, 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 he had a line once that uh, uh, he said, "Eugene, I don't know, is that funny?" Uh, and Eugene said, "Fred, explain to Christopher <laughs> that it is funny." I said, "Chris, it is. It is funny." <laughs> but Christopher is this great musician, and he's a, a, a Southern boy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the line was. Um, Eugene's character was feeding him some kind of food and it was not very unpalatable and his line was maybe I'll try this a little bit on down the line and he didn't say see what was funny about that Mm -hmm. I said it's a very funny thing for you to say about some kind of scrambled (laughs) eggs him he's well I'll take your word for it Fred (laughs) I'm glad he
1: was there you were I'm glad you were there to help him. yeah
3: let's put it that way uh
1: you started, I, I don't know if it's fair to say you started out, but was your first uh, onto into comedy Second City in Chicago?
3: No, I started out working uh, with a partner in a duo, um, comedy working clubs, a fellow I met at a, a first acting school I went to in New York. We had the same sense of humor, and one day we saw an ad in one of the trades that um, actors needed for a sketch show. So we went down and the guy said, uh, do you have your own material? (laughs) And we said, well, no. Well, come back when you have some of your own sketches. (laughs) So every week we'd write a sketch and come in and do it for the group. It was was like one of the first comedy groups. And after about six or seven weeks, the guy pulled aside and said, you know, I think we're just going to do a show of your material and forget about this variety show we had. Mm. So we did our first show at a little uh, rehearsal studio in the heart of of New York City. Oh my! And then we we got we started playing coffee shops in New York. Then we got an, an agent, and then a manager, and then we started working. in at the time, there were not comedy clubs around the country. Mm-hmm. There were folk rooms. Mm-hmm. There were about seven or eight around the country, and we'd go in and open for a folk singer mm-hmm. or a folk duo. And uh, it was uh, it was different. There was one. In, this was San Francisco, the Hungry Eye. Mm-hmm. there was one in Chicago, uh, Denver, every major city. there was one club like that. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> it's hard for people to maybe to believe or to remember or may not be old enough to remember that there was a time when the idea of a comedy club was was
3: uh, unheard of. No, no, there was no such thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where you'd do your comedy uh, at the time. Uh, we worked in a coffee, a coffee house. There were coffee houses, coffee that's what houses, it right Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did most of our stuff in in New York. There were about five down in the village mm-hmm. that we'd uh, play in. But then we'd be sent to one wherever there was one in, around the country. Mm-hmm. and we'd be a week or two there. Uh-huh. What,
1: I mean was that has to have been a good training ground. I, I would think you, you
3: got an unfiltered reaction from an audience that didn't come to see you that's right, exactly, yes, but it was a polite enough audience that I, we never a, a couple of times we went through the terrible th- ordeal of opening for a rock singer, <laughs> but every comic has had that terrible experience yeah. but the folk rooms they were very um very respectful right. and they would get our humor and laugh at us and it was it was a small fairly small rooms. And they'd know we'd be on, well, we would do sometimes uh, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the, the star, the folk group would come on. You know, mm-hmm. If I had a hammer. <laughs> You'd hear the same song in every city. <laughs> it must have been a mellow audience
1: then. They were, that was yeah.
3: it. They were, they were mellow and polite mm-hmm. and all uh, pushing for some just cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: was this Ace Trucking
3: Company? No, this was called Before. Greco and Willard. okay. And which and, one are you? I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm still. I'm. We changed names, actually. No, my, my. Uh, 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 yeah, Greco and Willard. Mm-hmm. And how did uh, how did
1: Ace Trucking Company come about?
3: Um, my original partner and I uh, eventually, he decided he wanted to go out and work as a single, which I thought was kind of crazy because I wrote all the sketches, <laughs> and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, it turns out that he'd gone around to certain TV shows and sold some of our sketches,
2: mm. uh,
3: little be known to me, without so much as, Fred, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I came home one night and my wife was had watched, I think, the Ed Sullivan show or the Carol Burnett show. She said they did the funniest sketch where an actor was receiving an Academy Award and he thanked the person who did his stunts, the person who did his dancing, who did his singing. <laughs> and I said, the person who did his dramatic scenes and romantic scenes? She said, yeah. I said, I wrote that. That was our sketch. Oh, jeez. But anyway, uh, I, uh, it, as, I as we traveled around, one of the cities we played in was Chicago. There was a club called the Gate of Horn where Lenny Bruce had gone before us and mm-hmm. uh, uh, there were folk acts and uh, different type of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Producers and directors of Second City in Chicago had happened to see us. So they were recasting their show one time, and they called our agent and wanted me to come in and audition. They were familiar with my work, and I said, Oh, I can't do that. I've I've seen Second City. I saw them when they first went to Broadway. Mm -hmm. I said, They're so bright, and they're, they're so political. And so they said, Well, just come in, and there's a bunch of guys... And one of the guys I was auditioning with was Robert Klein. Mm -hmm. And they had us in a big group and they'd get two of us to get up and give us a suggestion for an improvisation. And for some reason, I kind of took to it. I'd never improvised before in my life. And by the end of the hour, they said, uh, well, we have time for about one more. Who wants to get up again? Without note, my hand was up because I was having so much fun. So... um, I went and I spent six months, first they signed me for six months in Chicago and I didn't want to leave, I had my eyes on being an off-Broadway or Broadway star and I was rehearsing with another partner to, for another group and they said, well, we'll leave a week, um, but we have to fill this spot, we'll leave a, a week open for you. So I finally called some people in Chicago I knew and I said, is Second City still relevant and hip? They said, oh yeah. So I reluctantly went off to Second City in Chicago. And then after six months, they asked me to stay another six. And I said, well, you know, Broadway's waiting. (laughs) But I stayed a total of a year. And when I got back, I'd been back in New York a couple of weeks and got cast in a play in the village called Little Little, Little Murders, which was directed by Alan Arkin. And written by Jules Pfeiffer. Jules Pfeiffer, yes. I remember it. It was a wonderful. It had been on Broadway two years before and it had been a failure. Mm-hmm. But Jules Pfeiffer rewrote it and recast it and it was a big hit. And someone came to me and they said, Fred, we're uh, organizing a comedy group right down the street at the um, Bitter End. Mm-hmm. And we'd love you to be in it. And I said, well, that's a good idea. I still have some ideas for sketches. I'd written it for Second City. So we started doing that at, at night's after the show, after Little Murders, we go in the Midnight Show, and uh, someone came down to see us from the Tonight Show. And wanted to book us. They said, "What do you call yourself?" And we said, "Well, nothing. We don't have a name." <laughs> so they throw out a lot of corny names, like "Laugh Out" instead of "Laugh In." <laughs> and one of our characters was doing a, a, a very funny character where he was being being interv- interviewed, and they we said, "What do you do?" He says. I'm the head truck, truck truck driver for the Ace Trucking Company in Brooklyn. We thought that was so generic that every mm-hmm. city would have an Ace typewriter, mm-hmm. an Ace trucking. We used that name and had to spend four years explaining to everybody what <laughs> came up with. But that that was a whole different thing. We were very successful. Uh, we did we played some folk rooms, but then we played colleges mm-hmm. and auditoriums. We did open for rock groups. Mm-hmm. And held our own pretty much because people saw us. We did um, a bunch of Johnny Carson shows, about 50. I know. That's just incredible. That's yeah. when The Tonight Show was still in New York.
1: Yes. And uh, there, yes, there was a Titan when The Tonight Show was still in New York.
3: And uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's extraordinary to be asked back so many times. They went one week we were on twice because Mama Cass guest hosted, mm-hmm. I think, on a Monday. She asked us to be on. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, Johnny was back So twice in one week. And what they would do, we'd come in with a sketch we'd wrote and um, they would build a set for us. Like Mm -hmm. once we were five bikers who came in to buy uh, some kind of shoes and we ended up buying fancy purses and hats and all. (laughs) But they built a store for us. And then afterwards when we'd go out on the road, we found it hard to do because there was no store, there were no props. But people had seen us on The Tonight Show and so... We could hold our own with a rock group and uh, mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of fun. We played colleges and uh, did uh, we did the, one of the last Ed Sullivan shows. Oh, my. When it was in color. Um, and That's we had so- a lot of fun. It was, a, it was a whole different thing working with five people than working with two because with two of a show would go poorly – You'd say, well, you know, you missed this line here. Or we mm-hmm. didn't, our timing was off. With five people, we'd go out, if, if the show didn't do well and the owner would say, oh, well, there's only one show tonight, there, there's no audience for the second, we'd say, oh, great, where can we go to eat dinner? That <laughs> didn't phase us at all. <laughs> if we bombed, we'd laugh it off. Huh, night. That's uh, neat. Someone, someone uh, uh, characterized us as a uh, cartoon, <laughs> a, a living cartoon. We'd come rolling out on the stage. And, <laughs> uh we had a lot of fun. We'd do 20 minutes of set material, 20 t- minutes of improvisation, then close with a pre written sketch. That, uh, and we always did well. I, I, I shouldn't, I'm sure if I look back, I think of sometimes we didn't do well, but we, we usually killed. Oh, that's huh? neat. We'd p- play little theaters in the round, like in Dallas. And, mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of fun. Now, I have to ask you, Ed Sullivan. Huh. Yeah, oh. <laughs>
1: What are your memories of doing that show?
3: Well, that was uh, interesting. I, I did it both with Willard and Greco, and both and with Ed Sullivan. The funniest stories came with when we were doing it originally with uh, with my partner Greco, um, and it was, he was famous for for making mistakes. He one time he he introduced someone in the audience. He said, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, the heavyweight champion of the world is with us, Jack Dempsey. Stand up!" And Jack Dempsey stood up. And he says, the Vice Admiral of the Pacific Fleet, Jack Dempsey. And, <laughs> and another one I remember, he, he had the um, it was two guys and two girls, uh, um, very famous group. Anyway, he had them on. Uh, it might have been the Supremes. He says, who was the first African-American group to be successful on American television? They looked at each other said, I don't know who. And he said, I don't know, I was asking you! <laughs> um, and then so Jerry Stiller and Ann Meara had a famous story, which I think he did to us too. We would do sketches, mm-hmm. and they'd come up to us at the last minute and say, cut two minutes, <laughs> which would drive you crazy, was, what, what could you do?
2: Yeah.
3: But, um, well, then we tried out our introduction to him, uh, to, to us, and we had this kind of introduction where I'd say, uh, good good evening. I'm Vic Greco, and this is Fred Willard. And he'd whisper in my ear, and I say, "Oh, of course. I'm sorry. I'm Fred Willard, and this is Vic Greco." <laughs> and we did it right to his face, sitting, and, and he and he looked at us. And he says, "Oh, that, that's okay. I understand. Go ahead." Ha! He thought we'd made a mistake.
0: <laughs> was he as dull in person as he? Came well, I didn't know him
3: personally, but they say he was. But later, I read about very good things he did. He was a he was a. It was his first, the first show of of. I, I don't, I, I'm probably wrong, but of his kind. And to, to be, just to be on the Ed Sullivan show meant you could now go to perform in big rooms. Oh, it, oh it, sure. Yeah, a huge oh, that, deal. Yeah. Yeah. The it's Tonight just... Show, or, well, another show we did was uh, Steve Allen. Mm-hmm. That show would put you more in the coffee houses with the younger mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. But Ed Sullivan, you'd work at the Palmer House in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Steve Allen, you'd work in uh, the Gator <laughs> Horn in Chicago. Wow. You know, yeah. Lenny Bruce got busted there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I read, <laughs> I read about that. <laughs> And,
1: and t- talk about your impressions of Johnny Carson. You were on that show so often.
3: Johnny Carson was very cold and noncommittal. Mm-hmm. Oh. He would laugh. Uh, he enjoyed us. And I think Doc Severinsen really loved us because Doc Severinsen took a liking to one of our uh, characters, Billy Saluga, whose best character was, you don't have to call me Ray, you can call me Jay, you can call me RJ, you can call me RJJ. Uh, and they 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 just loved it, and they said one time we were doing a sketch and I didn't see it, but they said Johnny Carson actually fell off of his chair. <laughs> and they would have us back. Uh, so it was a good audience. It was a wonderful audience. I mean, I mean, he was a good audience. He was a wonderful audience, very mm-hmm. supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a it was a great show to do. It was it was the show to do at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 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 but it, there was never come on over and sit down, guys, or come on back to the dressing room and and hang out. It, it was, was never that, that kind of thing. No, no. no.
0: but that's what, what's sort of mind blowing is you when you watch Ed Sullivan now mm. and growing up in the house I grew up in, you know, you hear these names over and over again. It is confusing trying to understand why anyone would watch Ed Sullivan.
1: Well, no one watched Ed <laughs> and, Sullivan. Yes, he yes. just he just pointed. But it was the same. The but that out. it
0: blew your mind. Yeah, because you're going, wow, well, who, why? Johnny Carson was at least, he was funny, he was charismatic, you got it. Yes. But Mm -hmm. then hearing about the stories later, that he was cold, that he wasn't Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of wild.
3: Well, at the time when we started doing uh, uh, Johnny Carson, it was an hour, an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I found out later that I'd forgotten. We were on the the famous show where uh, Burt Reynolds and everyone ended up throwing cream pies <laughs> at each other, and I was watching it, and I said, my God, we're, we're on at the end of this show, and it had been an hour and 15 minutes, yep. and I said, we're going to be slaughtered. We came out, we did a sketch that lasted eight minutes, and it killed. The audience at the time was geared for that. They were, mm-hmm. okay, Burt Reynolds was funny, Dom DeLuise,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, there was an author, there's a singer, and now the Ace Trucking Company, and we came out and did quite well. Now today... You'd get four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, try to make it tight. And uh, it's funny to watch some of the talk shows. The last guest that's on talks real fast like that. Well, the show's <laughs> always time And we as well. And I loved working with so and so. They really have to push for time. Then Johnny Carson went to four nights and mm-hmm. down to an hour. And, yeah. yeah.
0: Who's your favorite now? Because you you were with the legends. So who do you like now of our talk show hosts?
3: Well,
1: that's an unfair question. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Kimmel is employing our yes. 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 No, 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 Jimmy Kimmel. No, no, no. no, <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. oh,
0: well, sorry. Please, I was setting you up. No, he's I. He's
3: had us on. I, I kind of tune in. I, I, at times, I love Conan O'Brien. Yeah. I remember watching him, and he, he was in a little studio, and you felt like you were in a frat house. Yeah. And only you and a few other people were watching it. Um, uh, James Corden, I kind of like. It's It's a big, splashy show. And I like that he comes out with to applause and he quiets the audience down and says, let's get into the news. He's right into the material. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who else?
0: Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy There's Fallon. So I've
3: watched this at times. It usually depends on who's the guest. I'll look to sure. see it. Yeah. who's sure. the guest. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. it
0: say, it's just interesting because there are not that many people who have been on with the legends. Yeah. And now, I mean, even the idea... Letterman and Leno there will come a point where those names don't have the same kind of meaning
2: mm-hmm.
0: because for my whole life they were on TV. And now it's I don't even know how many years already cuz I have no sense of time, but there will come a point when they will sort of be like the Johnny Carsons in the sense that oh, you know, I did Letterman. Oh, yeah. I you know, I did Leno back in the day.
3: Yeah, I used to go on David Letterman uh on my own and he was very funny. He was a wonderful host. He yeah. was funny. He was very supportive. The first few times he was known for, at the at the, at the the um, commercial break, he would just turn away, he wouldn't communicate with you. And I think it changed at one time, he would lean over and say something, I'd forget what he'd say, mm-hmm. but just to show a little uh, intimacy with, with the guests. Mm-hmm. But I would plan to do that show, I would plan some comedy sketch soon. I came on once with a knife st- stuck <laughs> in my chest. And my first line was, "Did you ever realize how cranky New Yorkers are getting?" Later? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, I think I did one where I, I saw a guy, uh, steal something from Bloomingdale's. He stole it, and a minute later came back and asked if it was. They would re- gift wrap it for him, <laughs> and the lady says, "Well, it'll cost you to have it gift wrapped." And the guy said, "Oh, oh that's all right. Money is no object." <laughs> but I was trying to have something. Something Funny ready, to get something him prepared, good. Yeah,
1: because because you're a pro. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, that's the way to play that. Now you were on Jay Leno's Tonight
3: Show like a hundred times. Oh, doing sketches. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Jay was. Um, that was so much fun because they would um, just before I'd go on, they'd say, "Make Jay laugh." <laughs> and they encouraged me to, to mm-hmm. ad lib. So I was in the basement uh, with the cue cards. Jay was upstairs in the studio. Mm-hmm. And um, so I try to throw him. I also played a guy with a cocktail in his hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had one too many drinks. Mm-hmm. So I was a little off and I'd, I'd refer to someone off stage. I said, I'm talking to Jay Leno here. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and occasionally I'd say, Are we still on, Jay? But Jay <laughs> would be amused. But I'd th- throw a joke at him and mm-hmm. you couldn't top Jay. He'd come mm-hmm. back with another joke. But it was wonderful. And so, a couple of times, After I was done, I'd be in my dressing room. There'd be a commercial. And Jay would come into my dressing room to say, that was a great spot. Thank you. Oh, Oh, that's nice. Uh, So it was really fun to be on his show. Yeah, I think I did it about 90 times.
1: My, oh, my. I was looking through all these credits, which I say are so voluminous,
3: and there was a special you did with George Burns. Do you recall that? It was the George Burns Comedy Hour. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with George Burns. (laughs) It was Steve Martin. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a comedy, uh, a comedy half hour. Mm-hmm. But I did it with Joe Flaherty and Eugene Levy mm-hmm. and a lot of Second City people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was called the George Burns Comedy <laughs> Hour. Uh, it only lasted one season, but it was so much fun to do because mm-hmm. I loved all the actors I was working of with. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I never, I don't believe I ever met George Burns mm-hmm. or did anything with him. Mm-hmm. I did. I met Red Skelton. Oh, I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you go back and think of people you actually met. Mm-hmm. My wife used to tell me you, that I had dinner with Vincent Price, and I had to think very hard. I said, yes, that's right. When I first got here, someone knew Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. And we'd go out to dinner, and I, I, a couple times I met him, and I wish I'd remember a little more. At oh, the I time. know. It,
1: it, as somebody says if you knew it was going to be history, you would have paid more attention. Y- yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now, the first time I became aware of you, was like millions of other people was seeing you with Martin Mull on Fernwood tonight. Oh yes, in the late 70s, which then morphed into America. No, it was first America Fern, tonight, first Fern Fernwood, tonight. Fernwood, then America tonight. Yes, which was a late night, a a nightly show, five nights five a week. Five nights a week. And if any of you have not seen it, and it's, and it's anywhere online, take the time to look it up. Because it's on YouTube, I think. It? You can right. watch it? Everything Everything's on, on YouTube. YouTube. That's yes. where you go to see all the good stuff. Martin Mull was the host of this very low rent, uh, you know, talk show in Fernwood, Ohio. In, in Fernwood, Ohio, and you had those old-fashioned aluminum uh, TV snack tables uh-huh. instead of a, a desk. Oh, yeah, and you were his. Right. And you were his his Ed McMahon, his sidekick yes.
3: Jerry Hubbard. Yes. I was the local small town hero who was <laughs> signed on to be his uh, assistant. And uh, that was so much fun. Um, Martin uh, was another person you couldn't top. I'd, mm-hmm. After a while, we, we would ad-lib a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, if, I, if I planted a joke in his mind that we were going to do 10 minutes into the show, mm-hmm. he was paying no attention to me. But when the time came, he had the joke. He, mm-hmm. he knew it. So he's a great partner to work with. And Frank Duvall...
1: He yes. was a great musician and composer and, uh, uh, and a guy who worked in Hollywood for decades, was also an actor. Yes. And in that show, he played Happy Kine. Yes. The band leader. Happy Kine and his mirth makers. Yes. Uh, deadpan. The ultimate deadpan yes. performance. Yes. And he
3: was just perfect. He was wonderful. And at the time, I had no idea who he was. And they then I started seeing his name at the end. of The credits of TV shows. Sure. Music by Duvall. Yep. And he was just a sweet man, and the and the musicians were all stars, mm-hmm. uh, who again I didn't know mm-hmm. until one day a guy said, Do your guitarist is so and so, right?" I said, "How did you know that?" He said, "I was listening, and I could tell by his guitar licks." Mm. So jazz and music fans knew who they all were. Oh my, what an experience that must have been! To, did you do one a day, or did we you did do two a day, two three a day. days a week? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only one who had a cue cards was Martin. Mm-hmm. We were the the performer would come in and we'd run through the show once and the producer would say all right uh, be back at four o'clock and they'd say that's it we're not going to rehearse again (laughs) so it kind of flew by the seat of its pants because um, if we rehearsed it more it may not have been as funny right this way it was uh, if someone had something funny to throw in so it it was very realistic and a lot of people thought it was a real cable show from Fernwood Ohio (laughs) and Some of Norman Lear, who produced it, his celebrity friends fell in love with it. And please get me on that show. I've got to get on the show. So when they picked it up for the second year, they said, what are we going to do? How are we going to justify that all Charlton Heston and people like that are going to be in Fernwood, Ohio? So they changed it to, I think, El Tacoma, California, the um, unfinished furniture capital of the United States. So that would explain how uh, you know Bert mm-hmm. Lancaster and Carol Burnett and all would be driving by <laughs> and get recruited.
1: Wow! And of course, if it was a little ragged or things went went slightly askew, that was part of the that was the show favor. Anyway. Yeah, 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 of course you couldn't go wrong.
3: Really, yeah. I remember one show I started talking about uh, having a, uh, something, and them calling me Fred, and this went on for they let me go on about a minute, and Martin says. It's funny they would call you Fred, and I realized I made the mistake, <laughs> and I forgot how I got out of it. <laughs> well, and this began a partnership
1: between you and Martin. Yes.
3: that is That has continued over the decades. Yes, we've done a lot of things together. With uh, some of his specials, we did in a movie called, uh, oh, I can't think of it, but um, with Annette Funicello, mm-hmm. and uh, where we pl- played business uh, co-workers and he was always wonderful to work with. And then you, you did a very high-profile
1: uh, reunion with Martin on Roseanne's show.
3: That's At, where, right, my guys. You see, these some of these things i, I, I
0: You've been yeah. working a long time. Fred. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot there.
3: And the no. funny thing, the raise, uh, <clears throat> Roseanne uh, was a big fan of Fernwood tonight, uh-huh. and she loved Martin. And by, uh, com- by comparison, she loved me too because mm-hmm. I was part of the show. And she and her husband, and I always forget which was her husband at the time, they talked to me about being, uh, why don't you come on the show? We'd love to have you on the show. I said, well, that's a great idea. And I said, you know, I have a funny idea. Since Martin was my boss on Fernwood Tonight, what if I come on as his boss? They said, well, think about it. And about a month later, they called and they said, we'd like you to be his gay lover. (laughs) And I said, well... That's kind of awkward. This was back—I don't know—the mid '90s. The '90s. I said, I don't know if I want to. We had this relationship. The people remember. So I passed on it, and a couple of weeks later, uh, one of the writers called and said, "Fred, we have this idea that you and Martin are gay lovers. You get married and adopt a baby." I said. I can't say no to this. To, <laughs> so we were the first gay wedding on TV. Yep. We beat Friends by about a month.
0: Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a very big deal. Yeah, yeah, and it was so much fun. The, the wedding was something uh, I still have it on videotape. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. They had Judy Garland impersonators, <laughs> Liza Minnelli impersonators, uh, and I loved working. Uh, um, she she Roseanne treated us very well. Uh, I heard horror stories about, uh, and I saw this kind of tangentially some horror stories on the set. <laughs> yeah. But I, we back away. We, sure, I say to Martin, sure. "Let's let's leave. There's, yes, there's something yes, yes. brewing here. Good survival skills yeah. there. Yeah."
0: See, it's part of what's so wild is is to hear you talking about Martin because most people around my age know him in part from Roseanne, but then from Sabrina, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I had no clue the man was funny. Oh. You know, and a lot of people don't because of what they've grown up seeing him in. Uh-huh. So it's only when my parents would talk about Fernwood that I would go and find the videos and see, oh, my God, he's hilarious.
3: He's on a series now called I'm Sorry, which yes. um, I haven't seen, but I'm told he's very funny. Yeah. It. And he, 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 can, he can play so many different things. And he's uh, he, he's very funny. You even did uh, an appearance together on
1: Dexter's Laboratory, the, the cartoon series. Oh, I forget that. Yeah. Well, that would just be a voiceover job for you, oh, but, yeah. it, but it was it's one more notch in the, in the gun belt there oh, yeah. of, of work, working together. Um, do you remember when you first encountered Christopher Guest?
3: Yes, I was doing an off-Broadway play in New York, and I'm not sure I encountered him. It was called Little, Little Murders, mm-hmm. written by uh, Jules Pfeiffer and directed mm-hmm. by Alan Arkin. And they formed a second cast in order to replace as a replacement cast. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Guest was in that. Mm-hmm. And I probably said hello, goodbye to him. Uh, and his mother was um, a very important casting lady at the time for CBS. Mm-hmm. So every actor knew her. And I'm sure I presented my 8x10 photo to her many mm-hmm. times. And mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Fred. You're a darling. Thank you for coming in. We'll keep this. <laughs> <clears throat> um but I was a huge fan of his, and I got cast in uh, Spinal Tap because mm-hmm. I'd worked with Eugene Levy and, mm-hmm. uh, oh no, Harry Shearer and Michael McKean I'd worked with. Mm-hmm. They had a comedy group at the time, and we'd combined our comedy team teams once when a couple of our members were missing. That's a whole mm-hmm. other hour. <laughs> uh, but I did, I played the Army Air Force uh, Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I met with Christopher, and we, we had to hang out at somebody's house uh, in our downtime, and he was making jokes, and I was feeding him, you know, probing him to do jokes. Next thing I knew, I got a call from him. Well, he did a, a pilot, and he wanted me to be on. Rob Reiner mm-hmm. directed it, and so I said, sure, because Catherine O'Hara was on it. Then one time he called me. He said, Fred, I'm uh, doing this movie. I think we're going to call it Waiting for Guffman. And I'd like to talk to you about it. So I went down to his office and he explained it to me. He says, um, you're the first one I've asked to be in it. I'm, we're trying to get Catherine O'Hara. She hasn't committed yet. And it's going to be done in Austin, Texas. He says, there's no script. It's all improvised. And I said, oh, gee, that's great. You don't have to memorize Because you know, in an act, you have to memorize scripts. And I was walking into my car and I said, wait a minute. I'm going to have to make up the lines. <laughs> so we did that movie. And it was so much fun. And I worked with all of my idols, Christopher Guest, Catherine O'Hara, Bob Balaban. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it didn't come out for quite a while because the production company, the producers, w- weren't quite sure what they had. Mm-hmm. Although Spinal Tap had been good. Mm-hmm. Now, Christopher didn't direct that. Rob Reiner did. Right. Mm-hmm. And then came um, Best in Show, no, which no, no, was no. a big... Well, we guess to th- that one, so yeah. Waiting
1: for Guffman comes out. Yes. And uh, Spinal Tap had had a... Uh, a loyal following. A yes. It wasn't like a blockbuster movie, but it was a movie th- that people in the know, and yeah.
3: h- hip people, you know. Every musician said told me they'd memorize the whole movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, to this <laughs> day. People, and, and just uh, people on the set would say they'd memorize certain lines, but mm-hmm. musicians knew every line. Yeah. Sure. And uh, then
1: Waiting for Guthman comes, and again, it's just, it sort of catches you by surprise. Yes. Because that film has a spontaneity to it. Yes. Uh, that, that is just... Just irresistible, I think. Yeah. Parker Posey, everybody in it. Yes. So, so good. And, and then, uh, Best
3: in Show.
0: One of my favorite movies yeah. ever.
1: Mm-hmm. That and
3: seems to have been his, the, his biggest... I think yeah, it was the biggest commercial success. Commercial yes.
1: success. And also, I think it shows you off so spectacularly. Oh, yeah. And everybody who, who has seen it is convinced that The Fellow You are With was a real... Commentator, and that's Jim Piddock. Jim Pidock, who who is uh, who is not a real commentator knew at all. Nothing more about dogs than I did.
0: <laughs> but that was that's one of the things I remember learning years later that you guys weren't there, that you were responding, you were watching on a monitor yes. the whole thing, and it's like, well, hang on. So it's two of you just sitting there, yeah, watching that,
3: looking at an empty arena. <laughs> but but Christopher would say, okay, now the show dogs are coming on. Now this the miniatures. <laughs> And I'd prepared some jokes, Mm -hmm. and uh, others just came, popped into my head spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Because I said, uh, he's going to cut a lot of my stuff, just Mm -hmm. just, just the the announcer. So I'm going to throw every corny joke, every (laughs) thought I have. I'm not going to censor myself and say, will this work? I'm just going to say it. It's honestly
0: one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it 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 was great fun. And I, I think, I'm thinking about it and I'm laughing because yeah. it's just and you with your little red bow tie it's yes. just so damn funny.
2: Yeah.
0: It's so good. But all of all, that's the thing all of his films I, 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 I think he's a genius. I, I just I love Oh Christopher yeah, yeah definitely. I love I love his work. And yeah.
1: now, now let's not forget for your consideration.
0: Which again
1: and I'll get Now again now did you did Your, anyone? The that's what I gonna say.
0: Your did, any, did anyone
1: know ahead of time what you were gonna look like when you showed up on day one?
3: Um, no, I don't think so. No, <laughs> they gave me a faux hawk.
0: Oh yeah, they did. They, no, it, I think it had bleach tips. Bleached blonde. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was yeah. magnificent.
3: And uh, before we started filming, Christopher said to me, "You're, you're working with Jane Lynch." Mm-hmm. He said, "I think it'd be funny if you wouldn't let her talk. You just kept talking and talking." <laughs> I said, "That's a funny idea." And he said, "I had another thought. It would be funny if we don't let her know you're going to do that."
2: <laughs> and I said, "No, wait, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want
3: to. Do, I don't want to do that because I, uh, I was a little frightened of Jane." So we uh, we got along very well and did it. Uh, had a fun twosome. She was very funny too. Oh well, she's great uh,
1: in all those films. Yeah. yeah. And and but you, you two together are just it, it's
3: it's just so damn funny. And Fred, funny. Gro- yeah. for me
0: growing up at E.T. and watching my dad and all the different people on E.T., I, I died watching that film. It, that it's just... one
3: of my favorites of his movies, and uh, surprisingly, it, it's not as well known. No, no it's not. And, and it ought to be better known. And yeah. it's very sad. There's things you almost want to cry when Catherine O'Hara... Oh, Catherine O'Hara of the, the end, film is just...
0: She's, I mean, she's spectacular. Because at
3: the beginning of the film, someone suggested she teaches acting, and she mm-hmm. said, no, I wouldn't, you know, I'm an actress... And the last film in the movie, I think, is her teaching some class. Yeah. She, but she the didn't way get the she Academy manipulates her and, face yeah.
0: through it, where they give her plastic, I uh, say, quote-unquote, plastic surgery. Yeah. No, the whole, she, she's, she's an amazing lady.
1: Yeah. But. Now, w- way back, I, I, I'm jumping all over the place because there's so many things I want to ask you about. Uh, you actually did host Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, that, that was great. In 1978, the year of our Lord, 1978, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about that experience um, uh,
3: it was very it was, I, I was thrilled to, to be called to do it and uh, I, I, we'd been at an Emmy presentation I knew John Belushi
2: mm-hmm.
3: from Second City mm-hmm. and I'd taken him around the improv when he walked in after about their third show mm-hmm. no one knew who he was I introduced him. John. You got to tell people what you're. On. I love your show. I love your show. And this is when the show had only been on the air three or four years. No, no. Oh, A Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but this is the first time. It was the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was walked around like he didn't know what's going on. What's going on? So it was 70, 78. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his third year. There's an event, an Emmy event, and Lorne Michaels and the Saturday Night. Crew were there, having dinner, and my wife said, go, "Why don't you go over and say g- hello to them?" I said, oh, I, "I don't want to do that. No, go over and just say, you know, they they know who you are." And so I went over and hi, nice to see you. Oh, good. So about a week later, I got a call. They would like you to host Saturday Night Live. I think the story was Muhammad Ali was supposed to host and change his mind. He didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So who we get? Oh, the guy who came over and said hello to us. Uh, and you had to do all his material, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, and I had to fight. Um, but it, it was an interesting thing. Even when you're standing backstage before you go on, we'd had a dress rehearsal, and they wouldn't work with me on the uh, the monologue. And about Friday, I'd say, usually they'd come up and write a monologue for you. They said, oh, well, we'll come up with something. And I said, oh, so I decided to just make up my own. And you're standing backstage with... 30 seconds and first you realize how many people are watching it because mm-hmm. it goes out live and then you forget all that you, you, your mind can't comprehend that it's right. just oh these people out here sitting out here and I went out and did it and I did the sketches and I uh, just got through it uh, and, and then, then we went down to an after party at, at um, number one Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. and I was every every Actors sat at their own table. Hmm. And I said it to, to Gilda, I said, but it is nice that S- Saturday Night Live is treating you to an after-party after every show. She's, oh, they're not. We all pay for it ourselves. Oh, gosh. And Devo was the musical act. <laughs> and uh, it was a big thrill.
1: What an experience. Yeah. And, uh, and again, live television was, as it is today, I mean, national live television is a real rarity. Yeah. And uh it's uh I can only imagine the adrenaline that, that has to pump oh, yeah, you, you, when, yeah. when you are doing that. Yeah,
3: and um it's still the show to watch through the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Saturday night you tape it, you watch it. Some things are hit, some things missed, Then mm-hmm. you realize they got 6 days to come up with an hour and a half show. Yeah. And so many stars have come out of it. Mhm. Uh it's it's lasted so long. And, and people People find it hard to duplicate it because they don't do it live, the live mm-hmm. to tape or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
1: no, it's the, and and every generation has its own yeah. cast members yeah. embedded in their their consciousness. You know, because yeah. uh, Alice and I had just gotten married, and uh, we started watching it when it was new, when it was brand new. And uh they called the original cast the "not ready for prime time" yes. players yes. because that was the joke. The joke was that. Yeah. They were kind of the off-Broadway yeah. of television, and uh, and then they they all you know went on to meteoric careers. Yes, and uh, and it's part of and now it is part of history. It's part yeah, of it is TV history and pop culture history. Yeah. and you were there. I yeah. was there. I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, now you got to work with Rob Reiner again on a little movie that I like called The Magic of Belle Isle. Yes, with Morgan Freeman. That's a nice little film.
3: It is a it is a very sweet film. Um, and we did it in uh, upstate New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I got to work with Morgan Freeman. And uh, <clears throat> I remember Rob Reiner, and he told my agent, he said, we'd like to, he, they paid me scale. They said, if Fred doesn't want to do it, we'll get a local day player. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I want to work with Rob Reiner. The money's no object. So I got up there and I worked for a week. And when I was in the makeup trailer, at the end of the week, the makeup lady says, Boy, Rob was so excited that you were going to do it. He wrote the part with you in mind. Uh. <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun. I loved Rob Reiner and, and uh, working with Morgan Freeman. I was very intimidated by Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last day I, I was sitting with him, I had a scene to do with him. I said, i got to talk to him. So I said, do you still own a jazz club in, in, in Louisiana? And he looked at me kind of funny. He says, yes, indeed I do. And uh, I said, "Well, I just bought a CD set of uh, Smiley Lewis. He's Smiley Lewis." He said, "Oh, I hear you, you're knocking." I said, "Yeah." So he lit up, and we talked. And I said, "It's been an honor working with you." And uh, this is my last day on the set. And he gave me a big handshake. Uh, but it, 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 that, that was a nice film to do. Lovely, absolutely lovely. It's a little sleeper. It's not a mm-hmm. big deal, no. but, it's, but it's it's it's
1: good. It's a sweet movie. It's good. Now. Uh, I want to ask you something. I hope that you won't you won't mind, because you've done so many things. You've done, uh, you know, you, you, every generation seems to discover you, uh. and want you. I mean, uh, you know, uh, everybody loves Raymond. Wanted yes. you, and you came in there and you, you earned three Emmy nominations. Yes. And then Modern Family wanted you. Yes. And you've been there as Ty Burrell's father, uh, but you also have been on some shows that haven't been hits. And I wonder what that feels like. I mean, you you did a
3: show called Back to You with Kelsey Grammer.
1: Yes. It looked like it had all the
3: ingredients for success. Everything. And I still think of some of the funny lines and situations on it. Two problems. One, it came at a time when all the critics said, this is a three-camera show. They're out of date. Mm. You've got to do on film. uh, The audience with the laugh track. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time, people were a little confused that Kelsey Grammer... Frasier mm-hmm. was in another role. Why is he doing this? Why mm-hmm. this is Frasier. Um and I think it was just too too many stars uh um uh but it was a very funny, and then the writers strike hit right in the middle ah. of it. And we were laid off for about 8 weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh <clears throat> and it turns out the head of the network had never watched the show. <laughs> But we did do 22 or 23 yeah, of it you got great a full sport. season out of it. Yes.
1: And you played the sportscaster, right?
3: Which paid off because that was the year, as a sports guy, my PR man called. He says, you wait to see what you're going to get out of this year. They, they got the, the Super Bowl this year. Huh. They got the World Series, the baseball all-star team. Uh, they're going to take you. And they did. They flew us with a fly, on a fly, uh, private jet to all those events. Wow. Because it was on the same network, Fox. Mm-hmm. So that was worth it. Uh, oh, that's neat. I got to announce the starting lineup in Colorado for the <laughs> the Red Sox uh, uh, Colorado team, uh, the final World Series game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you're such a great.
1: baseball fan. What a neat yeah, thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. So, all right, Anchor Man. Because I would think that, uh, that that must come up quite a bit.
3: <clears throat> it does. And I loved Will Ferrell, he was, he's the sweetest man and it was a funny movie, and it's one of the few times in working that I've cracked up, and I narrowly escaped having to ruin a take, a laughing, when he says, uh, yeah, go fuck yourself, San Diego, and that's the end of the, the, uh, the show, and he leans back, good show, a nice show, and I, my, the next scene was I had to walk up to him yes. and tell him he was fired, and I couldn't, I was laughing so hard, Uh, At the look on his face, and but they kept calling cut. Well, let's try that again. Let's try. And they didn't realize I was cracking up, and I couldn't do the scene. (laughs) Finally, I got myself together to to come up, and I said, "I've got to fire you, and I got to fire you too, buddy." No, no. Look, I was so you know I was the nervous, the nervous Nelly.
0: It's another one though where you're playing. Your normal sort of not quite deadpan because you're you're emotionally reacting. Yeah. But but you're saying the most ridiculous things with a straight face. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's another it's so funny and it is it's on TV constantly so people see it all the time.
3: Yeah. Be careful and what you write on the cue cards. You'll say anything he yeah, sees. Anything
0: <laughs> you put onto the prompter, he will read, and he does.
1: Uh, now you you have so many. I mean you could put a little asterisk next to everything that stands out in your resume. One of them that's a standout out is you are the only live character in the Pixar movie
3: Wall-E. Yes, I was the first human being to be in mm-hmm. their cartoons. That was a uh, that was exciting too. Mm-hmm. And they they flew me and my whole family up to uh Pixar in an effort to to uh, to win me over to do their, like I would have done it if they said, we only have $150 and bring your own wardrobe. Uh, but they there was just, my grandson was such a fan of Pixar films. They said, well, bring him up. We'll, they gave him a tour of the mm-hmm. place. And um, yeah, that was a big thrill, that, doing
1: that. And I'm, I, again, uh, I can only imagine the feedback you must have gotten at the time
3: that came out. Uh, not so much. People still say, "Oh, that's right. You you were one of the voices," <laughs> but um, not quite. Uh, yeah, um, it was a wonderful movie because it, it it was a great message for the young kids, mm-hmm. without hitting them over the head with it. Mm-hmm. To save the planet, yeah. you know, go green. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful movie. I love everything they do. At Pixar, they're, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. phenomenal. And you're a part of it now. Yes, a yeah. part <laughs> of that history too. Yeah.
0: So I uh, I used to be able to sort of explain that Leonard has an Alice and Fred has a Mary. Mm -hmm. And your wife Mary passed away pretty recently. Yes. And uh, we have to talk about her a little bit because she's such an important and incredible lady. Yes, yes. I want to make sure everyone knows a little bit more about her.
3: She was very supportive. Couldn't have been more supportive. Uh, Almost every job or something I have, she'd come along and sit there. And I told her, now, the first thing you have to do when I get off stage is say, you were terrific. (laughs) And if I wasn't, wait till like, the next day and say, yes, that one thing you said, uh, I wouldn't have said it that way. But I would run lines past her and ideas, and sometimes she'd say, no, I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it. And I'd think, I'd say, oh, my God, she's right.
0: But Mary was the Catholic version of my very Jewish mother. Oh. Where it's – they're really – they are loud women. Our mm-hmm. women. They are loud women. They are uh, passionate and and very mothery to everybody. And that's that's one of the big things. Is I think part of why people appreciate you the way that you do the way that they do is because you have always embraced all kinds of comedians, young and old. So you've never sort of gone, well, no, in my day we did it like yeah. this. You know, oh no, now I don't. Who are these young kids? I don't care about them. Yeah, you, yeah. You've always embraced it, and I think that's part of why they love you. Yeah. Going to your house for a party because Mary knew how to throw a party. Oh yes, was the most overwhelming thing because you had, uh, you know, Jeff Ross and and Norm Macdonald and like the wildest array of comedians. Joanne
3: there. Worley would be yes. there. Jimmy Kimmel came a couple of years. Yeah. Yep, Weird Al.
0: Weird Al, that Weird, was that was a Weird good Al. one. Uh, but you know, it's like she was like den mother
3: yes to all of these comedians people would call with problems and talk to mary and she she was had a very decisive answer for everything yes mm-hmm. and and you wouldn't even she was so decisive that you just take her advice yes which is part of life if you if you know if you make a decision i'm a virgo mm-hmm. which means i'm very indecisive i can decide on something then you can go full steam ahead yeah but if you have that nagging doubt is this the right thing to do mm-hmm. uh it, it it slows you down,
0: yeah, but seeing seeing her with everybody yeah in that way yeah going all right kid, yeah, you got this it's okay, yeah but uh it's it was a big deal, and it meant a lot to a lot of people,
3: yeah yeah it, it was a big loss with a big uh, of course big emptiness course. now,
0: but now Freddie, your grandson
3: he's, he's he's a he's a he's a, uh Killer. I he's, can't
1: believe he's a senior. We've watched him grow up. Yes. Yeah. And uh and was in high school, I think he played Professor Harold Hill in a school Oh my god, was
3: that Man. a I was that was my favorite musical of all time. I saw Robert Preston do mm-hmm. it. And when he was going to play Professor Harold Hill, I thought, "Oh, am I going to be able to go see this?" <laughs> Cuz I kn- I know there's going to be problems, there's going to be something. He Cracked it a hundred percent three nights in a row. Wow! And none of us, even his father and mother, said we don't know where this came from. Mm. <laughs> it was just amazing.
0: But that—that's the thing—is that Freddie. So at your uh, uh, rather famous July Fourth party, uh, where you do light uh, the fireworks yourself, and it scares the crap out of me, um, <laughs> Freddie would get up on stage. Mary would write little skits, and a lot of your friends would get up your incredibly talented friends would get up and do it, but so would Freddie. And I was always so impressed because to get up in front of that kind of a crowd yes. should be terrifying, and Freddie just did it.
3: Yeah, he did it, and, and, and he. I remember one time in our living room, he tried a magic act, and all, all the friends were sitting around, and they started to heckle him. He was like 12 years old, and he just took it. I said, if he can stand up to this, nothing's going to bother. That's right, that's right.
0: Well we I mean, even I'm, I was talking I was sitting with Phil Rosenthal watching him up there and the two of us are going this kid this kid's pretty good.
2: Yeah.
3: This
0: kid's pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No,
0: I'm I'm very I'm so happy that he's doing what he loves and that he's going to continue the legacy.
3: I don't know what he wants to be, but he he was always game for for everything. We, we did a sketch with um Truman Capote and his son. He was sitting <laughs> on my lap. We both had Truman Capote hats. And he he didn't know what uh, but I would say, say this and say that, and he'd do it without questioning. Um, yeah, he, he's a pip. We love him. Yeah. Well, he's got good bloodline. He does. Yeah. Got good bloodlines, for sure.
1: And Fred, it's it's so nice to have you here. Well, thanks. I'm little, so fl-
3: flattered that you asked me. A little, little place here, and uh, we're, we're delighted. We're delighted. I'm sure our listeners will be equally delighted. Every once in a while, we're watching a, m- a movie on television, and I say, and i got about three of your books uh, sitting in my bookcase. I said, I should call Leonard and ask him what he thinks of this movie. And I said, I can't do that. Yeah, you can, I can't call I'm him telling you
0: now, you definitely can. Okay. Because <laughs> I do it and everyone else, you are more than welcome. You're more
3: than
1: welcome. <laughs>
0: Anytime you like.
1: The phone line is open. Yeah, I, I also way.
0: say he's always great for crossword puzzles. <laughs> yeah, what's oh, what's oh, the, uh, the dog? The thin, the thin
1: man's dog is A-S-T-A. That's it, A, yes. 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 Things you need to know. That's right. For crossword puzzles. Uh, or at least
3: used to need to know for yes. crossword puzzles. And
0: you are on social media. You are on the Twitter.
3: Yes, I with, see with you on help, the Twitter with a little bit of help from That's my all friends, right. as they, <laughs> as I said to the Beatles once. I do it with a little bit of help from my friends. They, say, oh, let's write that down. So is that uh, at Fred Willard? At Fred yes. Willard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there too. Just a Leonard has a Jesse, Fred has a Hope. So and Hope is with us silently. The the silent partner of uh, of this operation. She's your new Greco. Oh
2: yeah, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only she wouldn't sell an act out from under you. No. I'm sure, no. no. She would never do that.
0: Or would she? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fred, it's been it's been a treat having you here. Thanks so
3: much. Well it's been a pleasure. Thanks. I'm very honored to be asked to be in. Jesse, thank you it's all me here. you're welcome <laughs> i remember the night you helped us light the fireworks oh god all yeah. the guys disappeared you yes said, need help i said you we sure do <laughs> come on
0: and i uh, still have eyebrows so <laughs> yeah. hooray for me good
3: so jesse where
1: do people find us when we're not doing our podcast
0: you are at leonard malton i am at jesse malton on twitter and instagram and you can always go to leonard for movie reviews and book roundups and all kinds of good stuff We also have a Patreon now that we call our Maltreon. Go to Patreon and look it up, on
2: Movies.
1: Patreon is a way you can help us continue doing what we're doing, and we thank you for your support. So that's it for this time. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye. on Movies is sponsored today by Legion M, the first fan-owned entertainment company. They've got a lot of good stuff going on, and you can learn about it at LegionM.com.